Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. On this week's episode, it's our tribute to Siskel Niebert as we pick the Oscars, the future for female superhero movies, and what is Infinity War doing moving up a week? All this and more. As we reach our next stop, and the Oscar goes to the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly want to thank you for sticking around and stopping by and checking us out here on the show. And it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the man amid the legend behind Humanica Media. And you want to check out all the great things on humanicomedia.com or their great channels today on YouTube, Podbean, and Apple Podcasts. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend? Hey, 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 man. Um, I was going to tell you, I picked up the Ready Player One novel last week. You said you were thinking about it. Yeah, and like I've, I've been reading it, and this is the first time, like, you know, when you're a kid and you discover books for the first time, you're, you're like, yeah, um, maybe maybe not i like this i don't know and you find a good book series and you just kind of like fall into it and you're like i just want to keep turning these pages that's how it is with ready player one that's the first time i've been like enthralled with a book world and you know probably since i was in like the third grade so it's it's a great read i told you it was i had a chance to read it last year and it really got me back into reading books again some really good reading there but yes definitely it is a great book and i highly recommend people checking it out before they go see the movie later this month it is ready player one by ernest klein josh i know there's going to be some differences you and i are definitely going to see already when it comes to the movie i know there's some added characters already that i've seen in the trailers that i know are not in the book plus obviously there as i've said before they're obviously going to modernize it and make it more palatable for audiences generalistically out there in the way that they treat the pop culture references so that they're more receptible by a larger audience. Yeah. And well, because if you look at the book, I mean, I don't think it's treading into spoiler territory, but most of the stuff in the book revolve around the 80s. Like it's yeah. not it's and it's a very specific time in the 80s. It's not like the the beginning of the 80s. It's like the the late 80s there there's some mid there's some mid the 80s and even some references to the couple things in the 70s but yeah most of it covers that that uh 85 to 90 era yeah yeah and you know the music the video games and stuff like that so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I could see because, you know, you're kind of limiting your your market by keeping it all 80s references. But it's going to be a fun throwback still, I think, for that generation that goes to see the movie. And it's going to be good for the new generation because you got, you know, your Overwatch Master Chief. You know, I'm excited to see the Iron Giant in there. That's going to be interesting. And Hello Kitty is really going out there because not only is she in the Ant-Man and the Wasp, but she's also in Ready Player One as well. And that's a great thing to see for all those pop culture fanatics out there. Lord of the Rings, uh, Starsky and Hutch, uh, all these great pop culture icons from 70s, 80s, 90s, and today are all represented there, Back to the Future and more. So definitely excited to see that movie come about. Obviously, there's going to be some changes taking place, but Ernest Klein is heavily involved with the film, and I cannot wait to see it later this month. And we will be definitely talking more about that in the coming weeks. If you are a fan of pop culture like like Josh and I are, you definitely want to check out Ready Player One when it hits later this month. But for right now, on this episode, we're going to be talking a lot of other great movies today as we go ahead and in our special tribute to the way Siskel and Ebert used to do it back in the 90s, speaking of which, back in the day, they used to do shows and episodes if we picked the Oscars. Well, today we're going to take a little bit from that and say, for some of the categories that we're going to go over, if we pick the Oscars in those categories, we're going to go over all the major categories. Plus, we've also got Rob McCallum, of course, standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. He's going to be talking some great pop culture subjects and later on in the broadcast, we've got Nutty Nukchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. She's also going to be coming on to the show and talking about some female superhero movies coming up and her expectations and her hopes for those films as well. It's going to be a great episode and also some, some changes in the Marvel schedule that you need to be apprised of. Infinity War is coming a little bit earlier than we thought, and we're going to talk about why that is later on in the episode as well. But first, Josh, again, like I said, as a tribute to the late Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, I want to go ahead and go through a few categories for this Oscars 2018. It's coming this Sunday. All the big stars will be there, and, and some of the greatest films of last year are going to be on display and in several categories and whatnot. And you and I are going to go and break down some of these with our thoughts on what films we think will win and what films we think should win in each of those categories. So let's start off with, well, what, which, which one of the major ones do you want to start off with? Cause we're going to go through best picture director, actors and actresses, original screenplay, adapted screenplay and animated features. So where do you want to start off with my friend? We'll, we'll, I'll let you start. Let's just start from the top. All right. Well, then that's going to be the big bad boy itself. It's going to be, Best Picture, Best Picture, and the nominees are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So Josh, your thoughts on what movie will win you know, coming up and what movie do you think should win as far as Best Picture is concerned? Okay, so I feel like Get Out or Lady Bird is going to be like the ones that get picked by people, but I think that The Shape of Water should be considered. But you know how I feel about Blade Runner 2049? I think that's the best movie that came out last year. So 
That is my nomination for Best Picture. I'm going off the cusp here and uh, jumping into a little sci-fi classic, soon-to-be classic, called Blade Runner 2049 for Best Picture. As am I, Blade Runner 2049 was the best picture of the year last year. In our estimation, I can't agree with you more. Of that list, I think Get Out should be the winner of that. There's also three billboards. I know that's got a lot of momentum behind it, and a, a lot of other people are, are also shooting for Lady Bird, but I really think Get Out of that group should be the one that's going to be pulling out the victory in that, although you and I both know that Blade Runner 2049 should be the actual winner overall. Let's go to the next one. That is Best Director. We've got Christopher Nolan and Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson in Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro in The Shape of Water. I know Guillermo del Toro has always spoken to you with his films. What is your favorite right now going in? Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. That You know, the sad thing is, I, I'm pretty sure that Get Out and Lady Bird are going to walk away with the majority of the awards, though. And that's, you know, for o- obvious reasons. But, like, it, it's just that's the way the, the cookie's going to crumble this year, I think. But I definitely would... You know, if I were basing this on skill and art style, I would say Guillermo del Toro deserves best director. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think del Toro will pull it out. I also think that Guillermo del Toro does have enough people in Hollywood rooting for him. You and I both know that sometimes sentimentality comes into play when it comes to the Oscars are concerned. I really think for Jordan Peele, his time has not yet come yet, even though I think that Get Out is going to be the best picture. I really don't think it's going to go two for two. I think it's actually going to be one for two, and I would say of the two would be best picture. And I think Guillermo del Toro will be the one who comes out on top with the best director is concerned. Coming up now will be the category for actress in a leading role. And first off, we've got Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water, Francis McDormand from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie and I, Tanya. Saurs Ronan, she's a star of Lady Bird and Meryl Streep from The Post. She gets nominated every single year, so I don't think she's going to pull it out. I have a feeling it's going to be, in my opinion, Saurs Ronan. I think I've got the name finally right from Lady Bird. I think she was the reason why you want to watch Lady Bird. Her, her and also as well, Laurie Metcalf was, to me, the main reason why Lady Bird was so magnificent. Lady Bird, to me, had a little bit of issues here and there, keeping it from being a, the best picture of the year last year, but definitely their relationship is not one of them. I think her performance is outstanding, and she's my favorite to win the actress in the leading role. I want to say Margot Robbie, because I did see I, Tanya, and she has range for an actress. Like, she she can... She's all over the place and like she makes it look so easy when she does it and like especially if you see her in something like suicide squad and then you watch her in something like this it's she has a lot of depth to her acting skills and i would love to see her win for that i didn't see lady bird or the post if i had to pick between margot robbie and sally hawkins i'd say margot robbie so margot robbie is playing tanya harding in i tanya that's Josh's choice for that pick. Coming up next is actor in a leading role, and best actor nominees are Timothée Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, 
Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Daniel Day-Lewis is supposedly his last performance. Denzel Washington, he's such a brilliant actor and, and like Meryl Streep, gets so many nominations because of sheer brilliance, even in movies that are not exactly well thought of. Daniel Kaluuya is, is simply brilliant in Get Out, and he is the main reason to watch Get Out because he has such a great performance in it. I kind of think Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour is going to pull it out for his transformation in the role, and I really think he's going to pull it out this year because, uh, you know, again, sentimentality, but also like almost like a Lifetime Achievement Award that they often give out at these awards. So definitely think that Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour is going to be coming out on top for the leading actor role. What's your thoughts, Josh? I was just about to agree with you. He went to some crazy depths for that part. And like, he's basically Daniel Day-Lewis on crack for that part. Like he went to immerse himself in that character and he was amazing. Like, that's all I can think to say. Yeah, I just think that Gary Oldman is going to get uh, appreciation by the majority of the Academy voters out there for all of his great performances. Like we said, our pick is Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour to be the victor coming out on top. Next, we have actress in a supporting role, and we have Mary J. Blige in Madbound, Allison Janney in I, Tanya, Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. This one's kind of a tricky one for me. I think Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney play kind of similar roles as both are playing that motherly types that they don't always get along with Margot Robbie's character and also Cyrus Ronan's character in Lady Bird. So I'm going to probably go a little bit outside the box. I'm going to go Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. What's your thoughts on Best Supporting Actress? Yeah, I'd probably go with Octavia Spencer. Honestly, like when you ask me about like supporting roles, like I I don't ever really think about that's something I should think about when I go to see movies, but I don't really think about it that much. So I don't really I kind of lay of importance on it. To me, I look for supporting actress because sometimes, as in the case of Black Panther with Michael B. Jordan, he took a supporting role and actually made it his own and actually supplanted often what Chadwick Boseman was doing. Oftentimes, a supporting actor can actually supersede everything else that's being on screen and just totally command the, the screen, you know, and people watching it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I I just and I, I guess when I go to see movies, I need to like focus on that a little more. Fair enough, indeed. And then next, we've got best actor in a supporting role, and best actor in a supporting role nominees are Willem Dafoe for the Florida Project. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell also for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. My personal opinion, I think Christopher Plummer, after what happened with Kevin Spacey and his downfall, and Christopher Plummer actually having to take over the role on such short notice and doing such a fine job with it, I actually think that he is the leading candidate. And I think Oscar voters are going to be very, again, sentimentality is going to come into play here and are going to go ahead and reward the 88-year-old actor for his performance on such short notice. 
because Ridley Scott had to reshoot all the scenes for the film that contained Kevin Spacey in it and put him out so that they could go ahead and put Christopher Plummer in and do it within what a, a less than two months notice if I remember correctly yeah they that was a quick turnaround so what's your thoughts who's your choice who's your pick for for that category my pick is Sam Rockwell man like I I think he's one of Hollywood's most underappreciated actors and he just kind of has a way of pulling you into every part that he does like Iron Man 2 you you hated him like he and he made you hate him he's good at that but there's other movies like The Way Back where he has this way of like making you not only love his character but love the characters that he loves so I've always been a huge fan of Sam Rockwell and I think he deserves an Oscar he had a fine performance in that movie and I'll tell you what it it would be well deserved but I think Christopher Plummer, with such short notice, I think he did a fine job in the film, and I think his efforts will be rewarded with an Oscar, in my opinion, for this time around. Once again, we are talking about Oscars 2018. If we pick the Oscars, so far we've been mostly staying within the realm of the actual categories, although we did you know, pick one outside the box when it comes to Best Picture. Original Screenplay, The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. What to you is the best original screenplay? For me, I think it's Get Out. You, sir, I want to hear your thoughts on what you thought the best original screenplay was for 2017. I think The Big Sick was a good one. Did you see that? That was Kamal Nanjani. Yes, Kamal Nanjani. I did see it. I'm not in love with it as much as you are. It it just fell outside my top 10. I didn't like it as much because I thought if, to be successful comedians, I really think you actually had to be kind of funny on screen. And for them to, they weren't exactly successful. They were struggling comedians. But mind you, to even think of the idea of going to New York from Chicago, you have to actually be somewhat funny. And not once was any of the comedians at all funny interesting or or even worth a laugh i can go to vegas here and see 10 15 20 other comedians that are infinitely more funny and i I believe most of those are are regular comedians in real life is that correct yeah yeah which made it even more depressing because the lines that they were speaking weren't even funny yeah that was i mean i i just thought that the movie the story was good i you know i wasn't expecting to like laugh you know find it hilarious or anything out of this well i did th- i i will say it, it, the actual story itself was good and actually when ray romano and holly hunter came on the screen they provided a uniquely awesome dynamic which totally picked up the film for me and and made it worth watching it made it enjoyable for the rest of the film and that's why i put it so close to my top 10 was their performance and also obviously the the hit or miss love story as well. I thought that was so great the way they played it out throughout the entire film. Just the comedian part I could have done without it because it really wasn't that good if that that part of it. But you pick the big stick for original screenplay. I pick Get Out. I think either of those films are good choices for best original screenplay. Now we get into best adapted screenplay and best adapted screenplay nominees for this time around are Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. And seeing how I believe this may be the only nomination, I believe, for 
the movie, I think, The Disaster Artist, which is actually one of the best films of last year, in my opinion. And I think because of the, the, the troubles that James Franco had as it got closer to the cutoff line for Academy voters and all the, the accusations and, and innuendos and whatnot, that's why he wasn't put on the best actor or the best picture list. But I do think The Disaster Artist is the best adapted screenplay from that beat, although it barely beats out, in my opinion, Logan. Tell me your thoughts and exactly what you think the best adapted screenplay is. Logan, they did a great job of adapting that, you know, the old man Logan comic book. And it's, you know, it's rare that you see a comic book film break into like, a, I guess its own niche or into like a noir territory without being like overly cheesy. But like they did a great job. Like if it wasn't based on a comic book, you probably would still be able to watch it with the same excitement that you'd be able to watch it knowing that it is based on a comic book. I agree with you. It was an excellent film and one of my top 10 as well of last year. I think it narrowly gets beaten out by the disaster artist for best adapted screenplay. Although if either wins, I wouldn't be surprised. And actually I think would be very, very welcomed if either did so. Last but not least, we've got animated feature and the best animated feature. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but the boss baby, the breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand and loving Vincent. Two of these films should not be in there, but all right, we won't even talk about that. Coco was a beautiful movie to watch and another great win for Pixar. I think there's just, it's hands down, just Coco. I I just thought the movie was a great inspiration, one of my top 10 films of the year, and also as well, a great movie that the Hispanic community can also rally around as well. Your thoughts on best animated movie, and please don't say Boss Baby. No, I hated Boss Baby. No, I love Coco. Like, and it's not, not just. I don't think it's a movie made just for like the Hispanic community. I think the the moral of the movie is important for everybody. Like, family is family is everything. Like, it's it's incredibly important. And I know a lot of people don't have the luxury of of that, but like, it's you know, it, it's it's great. Like, and it, it's true. Like, what it makes you wonder. Like, what are you going to do that people are going to remember you for when you leave or are you just going to kind of fade into nothing? So it's just, it, it, when I was watching it made me wonder like what it is that I mean to people. And that was kind of a uh, weird introspection for me, but yeah, Coco was a very beautiful film it was very well done. It was written amazingly and had great morals. And it's been a long time since we've seen a movie like that. I think you're right. It does have a strong meaning and a strong message about family and the importance of it. And like you said, it's not just for the Hispanic community, but for everyone out there to take a a good message from. So that's why we both think Coco is the best animated feature for 2018. But those are our choices for some of the major categories that are out there that are going to be announced this Sunday at the Academy Awards. What are your thoughts on the Academy Awards? Who should win? Who should be there? Was there any snubs that you think are better than the nominees that were announced? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. It's going to be a great show that we have for you today. We've got 
Rob McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. And then a little later on, we've got Nutty Nukchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. She's going to be stopping by as well, talking about female superhero films coming up that she's really excited about, that we're both excited about, actually. And we talk a little bit more about that later in the episode. Plus, also as well, Infinity War has moved up in North America up a week. Josh and I talk about why at the back end of this show. Got to stay tuned for that and a whole lot more coming up because this is the PCC Multiverse. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you for sticking around and, and listening to the show. Well, he's back again. It's Rob McCallum. So pray tell, Rob, what is on your mind when it comes to pop culture? Speaking of, of new things that are coming out, though, uh, esports organization Immortals has added a content chief, uh, JMR Luna. Have you heard about this yet, Gerald? That I have not. JMR Luna is a filmmaker that they've they've brought in as a long-form content chief for the Immortals Esports Organization. And he basically wants to take an NFL film's inspiration approach to esports and the long-form content. He wants to bring the popularity and the diehards of esports and Hollywood together. Now, the question I've got for this, is this logical and will it become mainstream or is it an outlier? I mean, how long did it take for sports stocks to become a hit? It wasn't in my mind until the late 90s or 2000s with stuff like 30 for 30 or, or some of the one-off produced series that it really hit mainstream and people really wanted to watch more and more. Well, esports as a whole, this is something I've talked with Christian Daniel Zamudio, our esports expert on many occasions, is the relevancy in our society of esports. Is it going to grow beyond its niche status into something more worldwide, something more generally accepted by the population? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because there has been some long-form content produced already, but it's mainly about the infancy of esports. And I bet you didn't know this happened. Full arenas fill up with lots of eager fans to watch keyboards all day long, click, 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 click away, and then they get a million dollars. Like that's the story that keeps getting shared and shared. So I'm with you in that. Either a star or a really big story that's universal has to come out and really hit people. I'm going to say something super controversial. I'm sure you've seen it because we're in some of the same Facebook circles. Esports needs a Billy Mitchell-like story or character that can tap into the universality of the human condition to get people to understand. If it did have a King of Kong type of rivalry, that's exactly that's what I'm that's what I think me and a lot of other people are looking for as far as general audiences are concerned that they can latch onto that they can identify with. Take the NBA for starters. It, during the 80s, basketball was still relegated to a side sport. It really wasn't that heavily viewed. It was shown on late night on CBS television. Then this rivalry between the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers really came to fruition during the 80s and Showtime and and, and obviously the Boston Celtics uh, being very good as well. That seemed to resonate with a lot of people and general audiences everywhere. And that it just it 
snowballed into Michael Jordan's dominance and so on and so on until we have what we have now with the NBA. Esports, I really think, still needs that that special sauce, that, that something that they can latch onto. And I really think a rivalry or a superstar, I think you hit it on the head as well, that people can relate to that so that people like you and me can check it out even more often. Yeah, I think there's two major ingredients for esports to make that next leap. And the first one is legacy. It hasn't been around long enough to generate that kind of history that the Celtics could put on display, that the Edmonton Oilers can put on display when they had Wayne Gretzky, that any of these teams or any of these key players with stats, you need that that resume, that legacy, that legitimacy that says, this is the guy, this is the team. And then you need that rivalry so that you can have legacy, first legacy, and then that's what creates fandom. Celtics and Lakers, East Coast, West Coast, our favorite, your favorite. When these two teams meet, that's when it matters. That that's why you know sports like UFC did catapult as well as they did because they had that built into the core of it. With esports, there there's that layer first of all that it, there's a medium. You know, like we're behind our avatars and there's software that's intervening. It's not like poker where you're an individual and you're playing the cards directly. You you are a on a team, so it's not about one person. And then you have the the blanket of of software between you and that kind of direct involvement. It's not as one-to-one. You're, you're slightly removed, and it's hard to, to catapult that, especially when you're in a team setting. And, you know, you and I see all these numbers that are always posted with these articles on esports and, you know, the millions of hits that it gets on Twitch, the millions of dollars that's generated, the individuals as far as the celebrities and sports stars and teams and sponsors that are involved with it. And then you also see the sold out arenas, you hear about that and whatnot, but still, I think it needs that something even more to bring it to life because I still think it's on that fringe and I think it still needs something to push it over. And whether it's a superstar or whether it's a rivalry that you had spoke of, I think it still needs that special something before it gets over across on a large basis outside of Europe and outside of, of the Asian markets. I agree. But if you have any questions for us in the Cosmic Crossfire, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and Twitter as well. And Rob, as always, it's great to have you on the Pop Culture Cosmos. On March 30th, get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Pre-order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Kitty Origins Evolutions drops March 30th, 2018. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I want to thank you so much for being part of the broadcast here today. Before we get into where you can find our shows, the PCC Multiverse and the Pop Culture Cosmos show, Josh, 
what you got cooking out there on your great experience known as Humanica Media. New episode of the Super BS Games cast literally just dropped like 10 minutes ago, so you can download that now. New What About This is coming at you on Monday nights. There's also a new Topicocalypse just released last night. And also, we have the Attack of the Humanican show on Tuesdays on the Podcast Radio Network. That's right. That's 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. We are on Mondays and Fridays on the Podcast Radio Network. And our total lineup, because we're now streaming seven days a week on online radio, on Sundays, we're on Good Talk Radio, also as well on Sundays on Airwave Radio out of the UK. We cannot thank them enough for being part of their radio experience as well. On Mondays, again, it's the Podcast Radio Network, also as well, Croc Radio, our good friends in Canada out there, and of course, Great Cloud Radio as well. Three great networks were on Monday night. On Tuesday, it's the Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting Network. If you catch us there, we truly appreciate it. Wednesday, we've got Great Cloud Radio. Thursday, we're back on Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. Friday, we're on the Podcast Radio Network, Great Cloud Radio, and also Croc Radio again. And on Saturday, we're back on the awesome Great Cloud Radio as well. We truly appreciate everyone out there that listens to us on streaming radio. But if you want to download our shows each and every time, you can download our shows at any point in time on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, the ESO Network, Tangibound Network, Gunny Geek Network, and over 20 different podcasting options. And if you do download the show, Josh's show, Topicocalypse, talking shows on television, which you may not be watching, that's a great episode, and that's going to be on the back end for those downloading the program. Speaking of TV shows, I just put up an article on our site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, talking about the alienist and how you should binge it. And if you haven't got a chance, you need to check out that show. It's available on TNT or go to TNT.com on the alienist page, and you can stream back episodes there as well. Josh and I will be talking more about shows you need to binge. I know Josh is thinking up of some as we speak. And I know also as well, the ladies from the Wine Women Awards and our friends at the TV Ratings Guide are all going to come up with articles we're going to post here at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and also on tvratingsguide.com. We're going to share our thoughts on shows you need to binge out there and check them out. Josh, speaking of stuff you need to check out, have you checked out the latest Wreck-It Ralph 2 trailer where he actually breaks the internet? No, you know, I was going to actually watch that earlier today and I forgot. Just let me tell you this, though. Like, I watched the first one and I liked it and I thought they wrapped it up nicely. But nowhere, no time after the movie ended was I like, you know, I want to invest myself more in the mythology of this movie. I want to know more about what happens next. That's just... It seemed very self-contained, did it not? Yeah, yeah, it did. And I'm, you know, I'm when I heard about the sequel, I was like, cool, you know, that that's cool, good for them, make another one. I just don't know how invested in it I am. And I feel the same way because it is just a movie that I, I kind of like to see, but I don't really want or have to see. I don't think it's a must-see by any stretch of the imagination. I I kind of liked the first film. I thought it was cool. I went to the theaters and saw it enjoyed it and like but like you said it was very self-contained and it didn't necessitate a sequel 
and I didn't think it was going to bring out a sequel because it didn't make a whole lot of money at the box office. It wasn't a huge box office hit, but you know what? It is back. It is Wreck-It Ralph 2. I did get a chance to see the trailer. It's pretty good. It's pretty enjoyable. It does have some cool pop culture, arcade game, and retro gaming references in its actual trailer. But I don't know if you know something I, I'm going to go out of my way to see. But around that time, come November, it might be one that we might want to check out. But we're kind of on the fence about it. So it's, it's something that maybe mm, we will or we will not, not see. But we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that in the months to come forward. But right now, it's something that we're on the fence about. And I think a lot of people are too. It's not something that people are are across social media or whatnot are saying, oh man, check this out. Oh, we got to see it. I cannot wait until it comes out. It's something that uh, might be cool to check out during the Thanksgiving holiday season, but it doesn't seem to be a priority with audiences out there, at least not yet. What are your thoughts on a Wreck-It Ralph 2, a sequel to the very good, but pretty much self-containing Wreck-It Ralph? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we've got Nutty Nukchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. She's going to be stopping by talking about female superhero movies that we're excited about. We're going to talk a few about what's going on on the Marvel scene and maybe a little bit of DC as well. But we'll, we'll talk to her about that as far as female superhero movies. And speaking of superhero movies, coming up right after that, Josh and I are going to talk about our thoughts on Avengers Infinity War moving up a week in the North American market. What does this mean and why is it so important to pop culture fans out there? We'll share our thoughts on that coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Do you have a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign that's live? Is it truly awesome? Let me be the judge of that. My name is Rob McCallum, a.k.a. Rob McZob on Twitter, and I'm the host of Bacter Busted, an ongoing series that takes a Shark Tank-like approach to crowdfunding projects. I critique campaigns based on really obvious questions like, is your project suited for Kickstarter? Do your rewards add up? Have you riddled your page with spelling mistakes and poor key art? And then I analyze your campaign's trend, your backers, and your communication approach. I dig super deep. Bottom line, this is a no-nonsense approach to crowdfunding. I look at every area you showcase and pass brutal judgment to determine if your campaign should be backed or if it's busted. So if you've got the guts to share your link, I'll take a look. Or if you see a project out there that doesn't feel quite right and you want me to highlight it, let me know. Hit me up at facebook.com slash crowdfunding and be sure to check out all our past episodes to see what's been backed or busted. That's Backed or Busted at Facebook.com slash Backed or Busted Crowdfunding. And we're back. This is once again Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly want to thank you for sticking around and listening in on the show. And I'll tell you what, it's a great time for superhero movies indeed with all the stuff that's going on with the huge success of Black Panther, Wonder Woman, and also as well Captain Marvel coming up, and even a Black Widow movie on the horizon that's pretty much a done deal from what I hear with the rumors abound. I just had this feeling come over me to, to see what we can do to talk about the 
empowerment of women on film when it comes to superhero movies, because this is something that's long overdue. And who better to talk to than someone who really is into pop culture? She is the host of the Nutty Bites podcast. You got to catch it today on nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S.org. It's Nutty Nukchess. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I got to ask you, Nutty, uh, you know, I know you've heard the rumors, like I said, in regards to a Black Widow movie, a writer's been already hired for it. Uh, it's a long overdue as, you know, someone who has two daughters that just truly, absolutely adore the character. So it's, it most likely will be added to the Marvel lineup at any point in time. You obviously see Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's uh, The Wasp is now becoming a major part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I believe I told you about before we went on the rumors of some of the leading ladies in the Marvel Universe coming together to talk to Kevin Feige and propose a possible all-female-led superhero movie. What are your thoughts on that? And from since I get, I have a feeling you're going to say it, it won't come soon enough. I'd be into it. I'd be I'd be good for that as long as they pushed everything that they need to push. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about these things happening, just as I am skeptical about this Black Widow movie. I'm going to tell you that right now. I have been waiting for Wonder Woman for over 20 years. So I am skeptical about plans until I see that people are not even filming's not enough I, until I see his trailer. I, I'm. I have a hard time believing, but I would love it. I think that unfortunately there is in this climate, people judge things really harshly. I'm going to point out the female Ghostbuster movie. Okay. A uh, lot of hate came for that movie, but honestly, it was a pretty good movie. And if you compared that without your nostalgia glasses, take off the nostalgia glasses, set the original Ghostbusters in its time and the female led ghostbusters in our time pretty much similar kind of movies in their style of humor and comedy and it wasn't just oh we're just swapping the genders and they're the same characters they created all new characters for these these characters so i dug it and i think unfortunately was judged really harshly give me an, an all-female team-up movie that could be fantastic. I want it handled right. I want it done well. I want everybody getting paid the way that they would, you know, if they were Avengers. And I want to see it. I want to see it. And I, I think it would be fantastic. But I do predict that there's going to be a bunch of fanboys out there who are like, oh, this sucks. He's not as good as the Avengers. Well, it, that unfortunately, that negativity and that trolling uh, seems to be, I mean, take a look at what happened with The Last Jedi and, and all that. And just that it goes from there. It's totally unnecessary, totally unwarranted. But yes, just and like there was a because they had the same problem with Empire. Yes, <laughs> and I tell you what, it, it's just very disappointing that that takes place. I know a lot of people were worried about that happening with Black Panther, but it the movie itself has been able to overcome it. I know also as well on the DC side, I've heard that Gotham City Sirens is off the table. I also heard that Joss Whedon has already left the Batgirl series because he, you know, he wanted to do it, but really didn't have a plan on how to do it. So I guess yeah. maybe that's like that's okay because you know if you don't have a great idea for, or great concept for Batgirl, you don't yeah. want it to fail. Hey, and it's better than the reason that uh, he was kicked off Wonder Woman. 
Yeah, that's that's true. That's <laughs> true indeed. But I want to ask you, speaking of Wonder Woman, this leads to my question as far as DC is concerned, because you know Wonder Woman 2 is just about ready to get started in filming. You know DC has a lot of hopes now behind Wonder Woman with the failure of Justice League. Wonder Woman 2 seems to be the film that they're keying back into as far as a film to basically propel the, the DC universe back into relevance, contention, whatever you want to phrase it as. What are your hopes for Wonder Woman 2? And what do you think it will be as far as a movie that will, will expand the Wonder Woman universe? So I haven't been paying too much attention on, you know, the filming or the scripting or anything like that. But as long as we continue to have, you know, females working on female projects, I have high hopes. And that, that's another thing that I was going to be bringing up because, you know, everyone was like, oh, yay, Joss Whedon, Batgirl. Okay. But can we go like Jessica Jones style with season two? Because Jessica Jones season two, it's going to be all female directors and female writers. And let's get some women working on these projects because guess what? They delivered for one woman, didn't they? And we can get some amazing work. And oh, why, why, why are all these female led films just missing it? Well, maybe because they're being written by men. And I'm not saying that men can't write women. Some of them definitely can. And we've seen some good stuff. But at the same time, just as we see an inequality of who we're seeing on our movies, you know, who are playing these characters, there's a huge inequality behind the camera. And I think that if you want if you want a good movie, you need to make sure that the people who are doing the writing and the directing and everything behind the scenes are true fans. And on the other side are people that can relate to the characters and to the story and to the subject. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that because, you know, like like I, like I said earlier, that Joss Whedon stepped aside because he really didn't have a plan. He just wanted yeah. to do it but didn't have a plan, which – which leads me to believe that there are other great opportunities for, for others as female writers, female directors who could probably go and make a better Batgirl movie. But I'm not even sure about that because DC has proven over the past five years that they have not been able to consistently get things done in the DC movie universe outside of Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman seems to be this bright hope and this, this one instance where they everything clicked and and i personally as someone who watches all these films don't have much faith in anything dc is doing outside the wonder woman realm and am i wrong in thinking that or no or? i'm i'm complete agreement here i mean even some of i mean my listeners know that i love the original tim burton batman by the way really dug that movie that was great that uh michael keaton is the best bruce wayne out there he's not the best batman but he's best bruce wayne but generally, DC sucks at live action movies. They're animated, great. And they trounce Marvel when it comes to animated. You know, you look you look at the animated movies or and, and this is all it was all started with the kickoff of Batman, the animated series. That's when yep. they got really good with the animation. But their live action, they're missing the point. They don't have the whimsy. They don't have the hope. And it, it's like the people working on the films are trying to make films, not comic book movies. They're not true fans of the franchise. They're missing what makes those characters great. Superman is not all serious and doom and gloom. You know, he doesn't brood. He's Justice League shouldn't have not been that dark. 
Unless yeah. it's called Justice League Dark. <laughs> He's supposed to be a beacon of hope. The best thing about Justice League, uh, I think, was was the Flash. I mean, there we had the whimsy. We had the the wonder, the, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Look who I'm hanging out with. Hey, what's your superpower? I'm rich. You know, there were a couple of really fun things there. But the problem is they're, yeah, they're trying to make things dark where they don't have to be dark. DC, your dark superhero is Batman. Everybody else has to be light. <laughs> Batman can't be dark and he looks stupid if he's dark and everybody else is dark. He has to be different. And it's it's frustrating. Whereas Marvel, they're knocking it out of the park because they say, oh, yeah, talking raccoon, talking tree. Sure. Let's throw him in a movie. Let's have fun with it. Oh, let's let's make all these crazy 80s jokes and uh, all these pop culture references yeah, let's let's have fun with it. And that's why they're doing well, because they're having fun with their films. Once again, it is Nutty Nuches. You got to catch her great Nutty Bites podcast when it comes around or when you actually get a chance to see it on Nimless.org. That's N-I-M-L-A-S.org. Any last thoughts on the way out or anything else that you're working on? Because when looking at your bio, it's got you going a blogger, podcaster, editor, you know, it's like a a lady of all traits. Uh, You know, you got to tell everybody else what's going on. uh, Currently we are in the middle of a project I like to call daily creativity. So for the extent of Lent every day, I create a piece of art and I post it on my blog and you can see all of the different drawings and paintings and various pieces of art that I have made. And the rules are, as long as I haven't spent more than a single day working on it, I can post it up there. Now, generally, I'm not going to spend the whole day working on this art, but it's one of these things where I've got a lot of pieces where I'll work on it and then I'll come back to it later and then I'll work on it, come back to it. Those don't make the daily creativity. These are all just very fresh, very one day kind of things. And a lot of it has to do with like what I've been thinking about that day and what's going on. Some of them are totally light and fluffy. It's like I'm drawing my dragon dressed as a superhero. You got to see him. He's all the different Avengers. And uh, he's fantastic. I think one of my favorites is uh, he's dressed as Deadpool and Deadpool is dressed as him. And uh, they're posing together for a selfie. It's a lot of fun. And then some of them are a lot more serious. I've got some uh, really nice figure studies and I've got some really intense shading work done on like various animals. I've got some trippy elements going on. Everything's different. It it just depends on my mood and what I'm feeling that day. So go check that out at nimlas.org. You can find everything that you need to find up there. You just look for the different section, daily creativity. You just click on that and you'll go there. Find my podcast, Nutty Bites. And one of the little projects that we've been working on there is we're doing something called an introcast where somebody who hasn't seen something ever before is being introduced to it. And so my co-host and I, Tech, we had never seen the Studio Ghibli movies and we're being introduced to them by the hosts of the Talk Nerdy to Me crew. And uh, so every month, or two months or whatever, you know, whenever we can get around to watching a movie, we get together, we watch Studio Ghibli movie, and then we record our reactions to it with longtime fans. And it's a lot of fun. And with Nutty Bites, uh, we just finished recording an episode about movie adaptations, books or movies, you know, which are better. And we talk about some movies that are actually better than the books and some books that are better than the movie. And uh, yeah, we always got different topics going on. But uh you can also find links to the other podcasts that I do, Game of Thrones stuff. I've done music shows. I'm guesting everywhere. 
I'm I'm all over the place. <laughs> there you go. She's in demand indeed. Once again, it's Nutty Nuxious. You can find all of her great stuff today on nimlas.org. That's N-I-M-L-A-S.org. Nutty, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and you're always welcome back to talk about anything in pop culture. That'd be great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much again, and we truly appreciate you being part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you for stopping by with my good friend, Josh Peterson, right here of Humanic Media. Josh, before we get into our last topic, I want to thank so much Nettie Nukchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. Appreciate her coming on the show, talking female empowerment and also great female superhero films coming up. Plus also as well, my good friend, Rob McCallum stopping by in the Cosmic Crossfire. You got to check out robmccallumfilms.com and all the great stuff, including the Kitty documentary, Box Art, the docuseries, and a whole lot more coming very soon for my good friend, Rob McCallum. Josh, Infinity War is officially in North America, moving up a week to April 27th. This changes the dynamic as far as what went on in the movie world, where it was always... For the past few years, you can pretty much count Death, Taxes, and Marvel putting out a movie the first week of May. So what happened with that, and why do you think they're now going ahead and moving it up a week to actually be in line with the opening of Avengers Infinity War? Well, wasn't it Robert Downey Jr. called them out on that, didn't he? And then they were like, they, they moved it because of some kind of tweet he made or something? Well, he and he intimated that, but you gotta this. Okay, Disney or Marvel is not going to make a decision like that just because Robert Downey Jr. tweets out he'd like to have something cool done for his birthday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. I I, I could have waited till May because that's when, uh, if I remember correctly, Captain America came out in May. So did Thor. Yeah, Marvel movies on the first weekend of May has been, for at least for the past few years, pretty much a rite of passage. It, but it is now, I know the film will be released internationally in and around April 27th. So it looks like maybe they're matching up all around the world to get those news clippings and and maybe those, those great things that they're going to say about how well it's performing so that they can blast that all around the world. You know, it's a good time to do something like that because while black panther's big like this is huge like the avengers infinity war this is huge this is the culmination of everything that we've been following for the past 10 years so this is you know if they're going to pull some kind of stunt like that this is definitely the movie to do it on and you know i more power to them i think that's awesome i'm i'm stoked to see this movie two weeks earlier and remember it our our countdown to Infinity War will continue a week earlier. So the last week of March, you'll start hearing us again talk about the movies that lead up to Infinity War as well. 
Got to remember that because we were we were planning on April, and now it moves up a week because of that. I also think that they're giving more space to their own film, Solo, which will be coming out on Memorial Day weekend and not having it overcrowded with a film that just came out just three weeks prior in Infinity War. They're giving it another week to give some space so that movie can succeed on its own initiative. Plus also as well, Deadpool comes right in the middle of that a week before Solo does. So maybe spacing it out a little bit so that people won't get superheroed out too quickly with Deadpool on one side and Infinity War on the other. Yeah, man. No, I'm all for seeing Infinity War early. I get it. Disney owns so many major properties now and they need, you know, they need space in between these things because I, you know, you had asked me last week how I think Black Panther is going to continue to do. And I was predicting that's going to do well flowing right into Infinity War. But, you know, I didn't think about how jam packed May already is as far as superhero or, you know, just big flicks in general go. So, yeah, no, I totally get why they're doing it. And Solo kind of needs all the help it can get, though, because they did a very poor job with the marketing of that film. And I don't know if it goes to show you like you're, you know, if maybe Disney doesn't have a lot of faith in what they're trying to do. It needs it needs the help. And I'm I'm stoked to to see it. But like, you know, Avengers Infinity War, man, that's awesome. Good for them. I'm 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 excited to see it. I will say that I am one of the few that really enjoy the solo trailer. I really enjoy the the music and the background of it. I really think it's kind of like a cool con man heist type drama with a whole bunch of con artists getting involved with each other and grouping up to pull off one great heist. But I understand where a lot of people are coming from that are not exactly thrilled with the with the trailer and not exactly with the thrilled with the way they've marketed it. Some of it's off by necessity because they had to reshoot a major portion of the film, if not all of it. But some of it also as well as just Disney just holding off on presenting Solo and keeping us in limbo whether or not it was going to be delayed or not. But that being as it may, I know you got a chance on Twitter to see the actual listing of a lot of the films being readjusted by Disney and Marvel or Pixar or even their own other movies outside of that realm that they are currently producing or currently making. Some of them were kicked out entirely. Some of them were rearranged. But it was, it was funny just to see unnamed Marvel film, unnamed Disney film, unnamed Pixar film move from this date to this date and see all that shuffling go around. It was just kind of interesting to see how they're they're moving all these big pictures upcoming all around for the next two, three years. Yeah, you know why? Because they're trying to space themselves so far away from Hurricane Heist because they don't want to lose those billions <laughs> of dollars that that movie is going to make. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's it's a lot like the uh, the monster truck movie that was last year that came out. I remember that, yeah. But Infinity War is moving up a week, possibly to give some space for Solo to succeed, or maybe even just to make sure that they have those nice press clippings that they did hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars as expected worldwide, and obviously not too far away from it being a billion-dollar movie sometime very soon. But, you know, hey, pop culture, we love it, man. Superhero movies coming even sooner. And like you said, this is the culmination of all that we've seen over the years. And it's definitely cool that it's actually coming a little bit sooner than we expected. What are your thoughts on Infinity War moving up a week for the North American market? 
Do you like it? Did you want to actually keep it on the first weekend of May, like tradition has held over the past few years for Marvel films? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Josh, thanks for being on, my friend, as always. But do you have any last thoughts as we head on out? I do not read ready player one um that's all i can say i'm excited to jump back into this book as soon as we're done talking here definitely and when you are done with it definitely want to talk to you about that and also as well when we see the film we're going to talk a lot about the differences between the book and the film and whether we liked it or not so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day right here in paradise here in the p c c multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great day this has been a broadcast of the eso network your station for all things geek classic current and beyond be part of the crew at esonetwork.com Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey, that Ed Sheeran cover in The Hobbit, fantastic. Mm. He does the Missy Mountain. You ever see The Hobbit? Beast in Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yeah, okay. all- <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Jaws? Yeah. Oh, I know someone who's never seen Jaws. Okay. Yeah, that's rude. Like, that's a classic movie. How could you not? Well, she's never seen Jaws, Back to the Future, oh. King Kong, like any of that stuff. Did you ever see the uh, making of Jaws? Yes. I had to watch that in my film editing class. I like the the boat was sinking with the uh, the sound crew. They're it was like, like legitimately sinking. Yes. like, screw the shark, save the sound crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready, sir? How you doing, Nicole? You good? Good. This is fun. Okay. I love how we said we're gonna be out of here by eight thirty. Yeah, that's that that's always the goal, time. and then it just never. Happens. He said it. I didn't. Okay. No, no. I said. We, yeah, we say it every time. Yeah. I said nine, and uh, I'm only twenty seven minutes nine. off right now. So. Yeah, I thought nine. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're having fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Nailed it. We do sidebar. A lot. We do sidebar. No, that's no. okay. It's fun. About? Part of the. That's some that's, of the best that, stuff. We're, that's we're, part of podcasting. Right. It really is. We are always on topic all the time. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that behind the scenes of Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to be? Some kind of sick joke? Still love that movie. It's my fucking favorite. All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back you to learn today. Topicocalypse, the only podcast on the internet uh, available on Winamax, Napster, and Kazaa. Um, LimeWire? LimeWire also. And uh, sorry, I had something else, but I blanked out. Um, all right. Uh, Moving this is on. The only podcast on the internet where four, sometimes more, individuals gather around a table to discuss things they may. Or may not know about uh, anything about. I'm sorry, I skipped the word there. Uh, my <laughs> name is. You want to just start from the top? Jo- we can do no, this no, whole thing let, again. let's leave this. Let's leave this. It's good production value. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm joined here by Brian Kane, PhD. Hello. Uh, Big Dog Jay Linehan. Oh, it's getting better. <laughs> and Big uh, Dog Nicole Noonan, who this is her fifth first podcast. That's right. Yeah, she's actually uh, doing better than all of us. Doing a lot better. Yeah, she brought the only intelligent really conversation that. to the table this week. I, I do take Not offense true. to that. Um, <laughs> good. good. Yours you was very intelligent. Was it actually? I liked it. So I pride myself on not being the intelligent yeah. conversation. Well. You're very intelligent. <laughs> big Don't dog, sell yourself short. Big dog. I mean, no, not the intelligent conversation, the intelligent topic. Oh, I thought you said intelligent conversation. Well, so I was like, that. no, you're intelligent. Come on, don't Big dog don't drinks and he knows things, so we don't really expect that much from him. What did you just pull out of your pocket? Oh, I'm not. I'm playing this game back here that's just sitting here. Into the mic, big dog. I'm playing this game behind me, sitting behind me. Ooh, what is it? So, yeah, what is that? So, I don't know. It looks at, like uh, at, can, s- <laughs> at some point during the podcast, you're going to hear a bunch of plastic balls just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Jenga. We I actually don't blame you. I've been really tempted to play with that. We can't well, edit that in post. One. I don't even know where that came from. I hope all the balls come crashing down right now. <laughs> See, what is it? Well, that's what I do at my house because I have a, I have a, a man sized Jenga set at the house that oh that you made out of like two by fours right yeah yeah super cool that right there is the product of my mother's Christmas list she always asks for did it include that. being a grandmother <laughs> oh apparently, is it too soon apparently yeah not soon enough um anyways congratulations uh, big dog you got a topic for I us do, I right. do I do I do bring about the, it bring the bring the down a bit is it the cow. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. We gotta no, save no. that for I'll the save, next. I'll we'll table that one for later. But no, I. No, uh, that is very important. So I, we do. It, it is. Need to talk it is. About but that. I feel like we've done. I've done too many. I don't want to do two two poop things in a row. Yeah, you just find yourself so slapstick. Out, elbows deep sometimes. Oh, no, shoulder deep. <laughs> but, Whatever uh, makes you happy, man. <laughs> hey. No, no, no. I wanted to go with because uh, you know we were talking the other day about how um, we have to wait another year for Game of Thrones, the last season. It's the last season, and it was so like, sad. What what are we going to binge watch? Or what are we going to watch? And then, so I was like, well, there's all kinds of new shows. And so I just want to get what everybody, everybody's opinion of a new show that they, everybody can watch that no one is watching currently. I don't know if nobody's watching it. I think it's pretty popular. I'm a huge fan of Westworld on HBO. It is a good, it is a good option. I'm a I, huge fan of I just show. found a show on Amazon Prime and I just kind of stumbled it on accident was, it's called Britannia. What's that about? It's about encyclopedias. It, it, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. It's about the second Roman invasion of Britain. Oh, and uh, it's 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 kind of like Game of Thrones. It's got all the elements of Game of Thrones in it. Was it based off a book? I don't think so. Or is it just showrunners deciding to write stories? So. They go. Well, I think it's probably based off a book. It's uh, it's it's kind of like it's based off a of history, but it also has a bit of uh, fiction in there. Okay, like more like the mystic side of it. Like there's. Like there's kind of like an overall view. Like there's people. There's like several characters, and they're kind of possessed by certain gods in the in the Celtic myths, and they oh. can, and they can kind of do stuff. Like they can kind of like hypnotize you into doing stuff for them. So it's like Percy Jackson. 
It's like, Ameri- uh, it's like American Gods. Like if Percy Jackson was written by Neil Gaiman. Sounds like it, it doesn't go as George R. Martin. Maybe. I was gonna say it doesn't go George as far as R. Martin. Percy Jackson does it. Hey, speaking of that, you hear the uh, showrunners for Game of Thrones are gonna be writing and producing a new Star Wars trilogy. That's cool. Oh. Yeah. Okay. As long as they have they, the money they, for they, it, they're gonna be R-rated. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of like weird stuff. Brothels, like, uh, brothels, and incest and stuff. You know, typical Game uh, of Thrones, Star Wars stuff. Yeah, but 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 the, like the TV shows, like there's all come like you were talking about Altered Carbon, Altered Carbon. Hey, great. Uh, did you that just came out or, just, or counter, past week? Counterpart at CES at CES, the Altered Carbon uh, producers had a booth set up and they actually had um like mannequins, but they had rubber skin and they're coat uh, coated in like um like rubber s- slime, basically, and they're like. This is how you prolong the human experience. We can now we now have the technology to transfer your uh, your conscience into these bodies, and people thought that it was a real thing. Oh, I would have totally oh, fell for God. it. Yeah, and it was Such the perfect marketing thing. But anyways, did you watch the show? Was it good? Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it. It's very. I want to go read the books now because they're based off in book. Are they? Mm-hmm. What are you still talking about? Alter Carbon. What is that? It's a show on Netflix. It's a show on <laughs> Netflix. It's kind of like future this is how we're gonna you know the world is at war with itself you know it's like post-apocalyptic okay, kind okay. of show i yeah. don't want to give too much away but that's Looks the like general that. premise of it if you go on youtube or whatever watch the trailer that's kind of i use that as a way to gauge what kind of shows would i be interested in so if the trailer can catch me with producers and editors trying to get my attention and i like the trailer and i like the premise i'll give the show three episodes it looks yeah. like blade runner yes kinda, yeah kind of yeah. yeah okay blade yeah. Runner, that's a that's a that's a good but I just want to just want to get everybody's opinion on what what is their recommendation for new shows to watch. Jeez. Do they have to be serious, like big be dramas? New show doesn't matter. No one's watching them. I like the Eric Andre show. Is it new? The Eric and Andre is that the one on Adult Swim? That's the one on Adult Swim where they bring in the people to interview who have no idea what's going on. But it's, not, it's been around. For it's a while. been around for a while, but I feel like not that many people are watching it. But they right. should because it is genius. Okay really genius it takes them over three to four hours to shoot and they have to constantly convince the person to stay so they can keep filming and it turns into like a three-minute interview that's just random jump cuts like i know i've seen it it gets pretty out of hand it's completely out of hand there's one with um we were talking about her lauren conrad where she comes in and all of a sudden eric andre's interviewing her and just throws up on the desk is that the yeah, yeah it's, it's, and it, it's, it's that kind of insanity. It's it's obviously done on purpose, but he basically, his goal is to get the guests as uncomfortable as possible and just <laughs> capture their reaction. That's pretty awesome. It's that, brilliant. That's the show, if I'm thinking correctly, where he had the, uh, he had the set, he had the set all set up and he had like the, the chair and the guest chair and the guest was seated and he runs in through the audience and he tackles the set mm-hmm. and he knocks it yep. all down. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you yeah. see nothing but backdrops. Yeah. And, uh, my, my favorite one is the one with the bear. Where the bear comes the out. Bear and comes just... out and he goes, I don't like this skit anymore. And he's like legitimately getting scared. It's funny yeah. as hell. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. It's really entertaining. It's not one of these serious shows. You know, it's Adult Swim. So I think it's 10 minutes at a time. But you can watch clips on YouTube and you just get in and out. Super funny. Um, highly recommend watching it. It's comedic genius, in my opinion. Really funny. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. Yeah. Been watching a lot more stand-up comedy, too. Still my it. recommendation is also comedy. It's what do you got? Curb Your Enthusiasm. You guys I love the new season. Oh, yeah. I like the new season. Yeah, it's good. So it was gone for a while. 
and it just came back this past December. And I believe it's on HBO. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it's with uh, Larry David, who is the co-creator of Seinfeld. And it's kind of the same thing, right? It's that whole idea of they star in their own show and it's kind of like this semi-fictional character of themselves. And um, I just think it's hilarious because they take these little things and they just exaggerate them. But is it, isn't it, does he play himself in like these like setup scenarios and he like takes it and like... He, he, yeah, he does, but it's, it's still really funny. Yes, yeah. Because you always, as a, as a person, you're always like, what would be the worst case scenario? And then yep. he basically acts it out and it's funny. It's like what they did uh, on Seinfeld for years where they would take one of Seinfeld's bits that he did in stand-up comedy and then portray it out in if it were episodic form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what this show does, but I think it does a better job than Seinfeld of taking it to like a new level. To where it's it's still fairly modern, but it's talking about things that are relevant. Right, like he for the last twenty years, he ends up being like the victim of some like awful, like something that would be like morally disgusting or just like gross for him to be a part of, and he just gets accused of <laughs> these awful things, and he's like, "I swear, I swear, it's not me. I didn't do it." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, you're the worst. You're so gross." <laughs> it is a funny show. I like that one. There's a lot of good shows on HBO. HBO HBO's killing a lot on, of like hidden Give gems. Show. Um, American Vandal. You guys ever see? Oh jeez. Uh, is that, is of that course you picked Netflix. that one. Is yes. that is uh, that the one with the? Uh, so this the, this kid. Yes. The, this kid, somebody spray paints. Uh, what penises on a bunch of? Cars. I'm sorry. What's that? What was that again? Uh, this is a show. Peni. Yeah, it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's an original show called American Vandal. Somebody, shaped object. It's kind of like a documentary. Spray, yeah. Well, it's filmed like a documentary, so it's like, um, you know how like Discovery Channel and Travel Channel show like um, documentaries, like Who Done It yep. documentaries. Yeah. So this is what what this is. So it's the this somebody spray painted. It takes place out of high school, and someone spray painted a bunch of like man parts all over these cars, and it's about this kid spray painted what man parts, <laughs> man parts. We're all adults here. Um, you know. <laughs> I don't do no. I don't do tell. Yeah, penis, peni, um. <laughs> testicles yeah okay i think that's good. got it um anyways so the whole show is like this kid is being accused of the, the he's people are saying that he did it so he's, he's like the school prankster he's the school prankster so the whole show he's trying to like convince people that he didn't but like they do this stuff where like, like a csi investigation yeah but what's this. funny is that they do like these interviews with this kid and in the background you can see somebody doing the stuff that he's being accused of so it's so genius in the way that they set it up and he's like i didn't do it and in the background there's someone on like painting boobs on a wall with spray paint <laughs> that's seriously sounds like a curb your enthusiasm yeah yeah episode. there is actually an episode where somebody uh draws a penis on his car and he's trying to figure <laughs> out who who did it and it turns out it's his it's his neighbor <laughs> <laughs> but like he drives by a school bus and all the kids are like disgusted by him and he's like what what are you looking at <laughs> so inappropriate so funny Did you ever see that episode of how i met your mother where uh no because i haven't watched that yes, show because so i've seen every single one ted walks into his house <laughs> I love i'll that stop show. talking ted, <laughs> no. ted walks into his house and like spray painted on the wall it says like uh your balls or something like that and he goes he walks and he stares at it and he goes and he shows him come back and he has to fix the gra grammatical errors so he adds an E onto the end of the R and he puts a, a comma in the top. 
You are balls. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because they, they spelled it Y O U R. I might be I might be quoting this wrong, but I just remember uh, something uh, like that. Huh. Oh, yeah. Your teacher? Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's was how I would. Ted the it. one who corrected who it? Corrected it. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I never got into that show. There's a lot of shows people have seen that I just never really watched. The Simpsons is one of them. Do you ever have that? Thing never really watched like, it. Do you ever have the thing where people are really excited about a show and they're like, hey, you got to watch that. And the more that they bother you about it, the less you want to watch oh, it. Totally. Yeah. That was Harry Potter for me for a long time. And then I mm, watched it. And I changed we, my mind. we we watched all of them. I remember we waited outside the back of Bellaterra in that movie. Dude. We did. The, we watched people have wand battles. Yes. The, the first one, Speaking I of, I got up to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped myself. I, apo- this. I apologize. That was horrible. The first uh, part of the Deathly Hallows, remember I got up to use the bathroom and the guy on the end of the aisle goes... How many times was it, Josh? It's twice. Uh, the guy <laughs> in the aisle goes, you better not fucking come back, man. <laughs> People get so violent in their Dude, movie premieres. they get upset. I get upset because I'm paying $15 for that thing. And I got recliners, so you can do whatever you want. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You can have beer, too. You can have beer. Well, that's I, true. Free game, my house. I can't drink for Black Panther movies. What? I just, I can't do it. Do you have to go to the bathroom a lot? I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So you got to go to drugs. Yeah. Way better. Drugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's ever a reason. Yeah. There we go. You ever heard of Crank? PCP? With Jason Statham? <laughs> no. I'm going to play the Alex Jones clips again. Great <laughs> movie. All right. Any other shows you guys are watching? that? Uh... I haven't been watching as much TV lately. But I watch a, a little show called Forensic Files, okay. which is, it stopped in like, I don't know, it went from like 1984. So it's not new. It's, it's just, not new, it's no old. No one watches it. No, there, exactly, there's like. Like the Golden Girls. That was a funny show. Hey, genius show, okay. That was, I really thought that was a funny show. It's still funny today. Um, But with Forensic Files, there's, I think, on Netflix, maybe 18 collections, and each collection has 45 episodes, and it's just about these cold cases that go up and how they use like modern day technology, but it's obviously from a case from the eighties. So it's like, we did blood splatter analysis, which is like Dexter. Right. Um, and I use it to fall asleep. Are so they it's like, so, they are so, real, so you don't really cases. enjoy it. You just enjoy the boring monotone. People it's not even, would you sleep. really call that a good show? Cause you're, using you know, it to fall asleep. Here, here's why it's a good show. There's also times where I'll listen to it at work. And because the audio is so compelling, it's not, um, it's like a podcast. It's like Bob Ross. I love Bob Ross. I know, and I, I love, love Bob Ross, Ross, but his voice can put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I have a Bob Ross Funko Pop on my desk. I can't listen to Screamo while I'm driving anymore because it makes me sleep. What? Oh, I thought you were saying it make you scream. No, it makes me like, sleep. That's cool. Except Hawthorne Heights, dude. I still belt out those screams when I'm driving. If they come you get a little sample? Yeah. Can I put down a beat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but re- <laughs> really, uh, Forensic Files, it's kind of like taking what you would get in Law & Order or like SVU or whatever it is and putting it into a half hour with way less interesting people. But it's a good podcast because you get to hear like, oh, we can use this and you kind of learn. Sadly, if you ever want to commit a crime, you can learn how not to do it. Do you ever watch ghost hunting shows? Not ghost. You mean like ghost toasters? Ghost toasters. Shameless plug. Those are um, really shameless. Do you ever like... That's a good show, by the way, shameless. Ghost toasters? That is a good show. Ghost toasters was really good. Laugh out loud comedy every 30 seconds. <laughs> can't sell that um but shameless actually laugh out loud every 30 seconds really funny it is um because it's relatable 
I was, William H Macy. Yeah. For a Very long fun. time, I was into like ghost hunting shows, and they always they they first I always knew how they started. There's always some stupid person who decided to read a book and summon a demon or like use a Ouija board or something like. No, no wonder you're you're haunted. Like you're being stupid. Like why target provoking the ghost. target sells Ouija yeah. boards now? Yeah, but it's like I always like this person's an idiot. But by the time the show was like halfway through, I was like, what happens? It's how they get you every time. It's the second act. It is. It is. I don't know, man. I can't take those shows seriously. Yeah, the ghost, the ghost adventure guys. Come at me, ghost. No, have you ever seen the? Oh. Is it the mountain monster guy? The bunch of fat hillbillies running yeah, around the hills. Yeah, dude. My dad used to like that show. I used to. What are, I used to love it because it was hilarious. What are they looking the for? Time. Sasquatch. Sasquatch is. Uh, oh yeah, actually, I've seen that show. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> though. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any guilty pleasure shows? Shows that you watch that you don't really advertise, but I mean, this is of any platform to let it out on. Safe place here. Which one? Is this a safe place? This is a safe place. A safe space, also. I, I've got a few. Go for it. Watch The Bachelor. That would be mine, too. Don't spoil I, this I actually, week's episode because I watch it tomorrow night with all my friends. I actually haven't watched this season. But I've seen... This guy's a total uh, lame duck. I know. I actually just was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to opt out this season. So you don't I'll have probably any... end up binge watching it. You yeah, should. That's probably better. Do you have like on your DVR or something? Um, I actually don't have cable. Nice. So I will find out a way. <laughs> my parents. My it's parents. on, a, it's on okay. ABC. Right. You can watch it for free, I think. It's all online. But yeah, I watched The Bachelor. Um, there's this horrible show called Below Deck, which is about oh, these people who do the, the Bravo. The Bravo. Yes. Yeah. They do the charter and it follows the crew of people who do these like custom charters or they like chartered a boat. It's like a hundred fifty foot it's yacht, like whatever Big it brother is. On a boat. It's like exactly. And they all want to bang the hot young one. And she wants nothing to do with any of them. Oh, how awful. Oh, it's really <laughs> awful. Is it a reality TV show? Totally. Okay. Yeah. But there's nothing I like about it. It's truly garbage TV, but it has become a bonding moment with my girlfriend and I where we just like laugh and go, ha, what an idiot. You know, <laughs> oh, so oh, it's not that. like we're invested where it's like, oh, the new episode's on. We got to not do anything so we can watch it tonight. Oh, no. You know, we, it's just we, we, we can we watch used... it on the downtime. And it's fun. No, we used to do that with uh, Housewives. Multiple ones. Atlanta, Dallas. Atlanta. No, not Dallas. Atlanta. All of them. The Atlanta Housewives. one's funny. Atlanta, New York, Beverly Hills. What's Real Hollywood Husbands? Kevin Hart? No, I never that one's that funny. One, no. That one's really funny. No, it <laughs> is. Kev- Did you guys see Kevin Hart at the Philly game? <laughs> trying to get I onto the thing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So yeah. He tried to get on for like that. He said oh. that was one of the two stupidest things he's ever done. Did you, yeah. That was from his like his Instagram so reaction video. He's like, I just, so wanted, funny. I just wanted to touch it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's humbling to be like, it doesn't matter how famous you get. There's some places you're just not allowed. One show that for some reason I like it. I don't know why, but it's... Uh, Gossip Girl. No. Oh, I think it's on That's it's on PBS. It is. That's a good one. Charlie Rose? No, He's not around no, anymore. No, 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 no. Be touching no, people. It's, no. <laughs> no, it's Oh, what is it? It's uh it's not Downton Abbey. It's uh Call the Midwife. What I is that? I don't know why. What is that? Tell me more. It's just about these these women in Britain who they go around to people who have who birth at home. Oh, like midwifery. Yeah, like, that's, that's what it is. Oh, wow. Is it, they, is it a reality show? No, it's a, it's a scripted show. Is it? It's obviously not graphic. So if it's on they're PBS. giving birth no. to fake babies. So uh, sure. I don't know. I didn't show that part. What about Antique Rocho? Uh, no. Antique Rocho, anybody? 
I mean, I've, I've seen it. It's better than it's Pawn not Stars. A guilty pleasure. It's not a guilty pleasure. Actually, stars. say yes to the dress. Oh. I've watched that. Uh, I've watched it. Been there. I just yes. love it. Do you so know? Much. Do you know what I? Spoiler want? alert: They all say yes. Oh, no, no, no. You <laughs> no, know, they don't. Have you ever? Oh, that sounds so bad. Have you ever watched? Uh, I don't know if he does the show anymore, but is David Tutiera? I'm saying it right. Oh yeah, that wedding show. Yes, they That's were so insane. outrageous. Like he had um, Little Kim on there one time, and it was hilarious. Lil yeah. Kim. Lil Kim. Sorry. But yeah, I, I used to enjoy watching that show and eating pizza and beer. Or Four Weddings. Oh my gosh. Please tell me you guys have seen that. I, yeah. Four Weddings. Okay, nope. so it's these four brides and they go oh, and they attend They attend each other's weddings and they judge them. Oh, it's the most <laughs> oh, trash. Really? No, it's the, it's, it's no, the, it's the biggest most, thing I've ever but seen in my life. It's the most <laughs> trash talking you've ever yes, seen. Yes, it's so bad. Really? Like yes. Bridezilla times a thousand? Yes, because yes. they all like sit down for dinner and they're oh, like, I'd never have that about dress. Their, yes. Your farm table chic is But then they'll be like, oh, you look so beautiful. Totally. <laughs> they oh, I they love talk it. trash about them. What was the show where the gypsies get married? Oh, yeah. That's a good I have a that mar- is a great show. I have a marriage show I want to talk about, too. I don't know that one. Though. Is it on like Bravo? or? Uh... I don't remember what it's on, but it's... it's like, what is it, what it's called? Oh, no. Is it my, 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 big, my big fat gypsy oh, wedding or something like yes. that? Or my big extravagant gypsy wedding? It's hilarious. Mm. It's like it, Brad Pitt from Snatch. And they're oh, all nice. like oh, that. Wh- they're all awesome. like that. Digs. They, live, they all live in these trailers. Well, not all of them, but yeah. But most of them live in these trailers and they have these super elaborate over the top weddings. I don't That's know where crazy. they find the money for this stuff. I watch uh, 90 Day Fiance. I knew it. Uh, Whoa. I knew it. You I knew like, it? No That's an INTJ now. thing. That's <laughs> So 90 Day Fiance is where these people get, they meet online somehow, and one of them will go visit the other, um, and they have 90 days uh, to get married, kind of a thing. They really never work out, but there's one in particular, like, the case that always happens is the one girl from some part of the world comes over to this guy, and he's told her online, oh, I've got all this money, I work whatever. Like catfishing? Yeah, but then it turns out he works at, like, he's a low-level employee at McDonald's. And so he has no money. So there's one particular episode where the woman is going to get the dress and she's from the Philippines. She's 24 and he's got to be like 45, 50 kind of looks like the penguin. Really fat, short like Danny DeVito. <laughs> like Danny DeVito. Nice. <laughs> um, and, and he doesn't have a lot of money. So she's going to get this dress and he says, you know, you have this, you know, whatever budget. And she goes, oh, okay. And she finds this dress and, says like hey it's 150 but her card won't go through and so she calls and be like hey can i spend like 150 on the stress he goes our budget's 130 and you just watch her face just like we're penny pinching over 20 bucks but she's obviously from the philippines so like she's just grateful to be here but there's like it's real moments like that that are just like you realize what kind of scumbag people are out there i love the show it's great yeah it's really great do you ever watch House Hunters? That's, yeah. Oh my! Oh, all of, yeah. all of them. All of them. It's not so my much, Caribbean life is my favorite. Yeah, and it's not so much like seeing the houses that they buy; it's knowing what they do as professions. Like one guy, I'm a was project like, manager. Yeah, I'm a, we, yeah. we, we manage a galleria. I'm a biologist <laughs> who invented <laughs> hamster wheels, and my budget is 120 million. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Sorry, it is. What? No, I like the ones where it's like I want a three-story house, I want a beach view. And all this, and I my budget is two hundred thousand dollars. There's like mm, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> all it is. If that, you can be next uh, to this uh, cartel house. They ever watch a uh, marriage boot camp? Yes. No. Yeah, it's a good one. It's so good. That one. There's my six hundred pound life on TLC. Oh, 
Dang. I don't watch that. Don't laugh. I haven't watched that one. I can't watch it. It's really sad. It's so sad. But it's the same doctor who does all of these surgeries, and this guy just must be making a fortune. Because he's he's the one doctor who's like, yeah, you have to come to me. I do the triple bypass or whatever surgery it is. That show is crazy addicting to watch, and you just get sucked into these people's stories. But then you just you see it, and it's like, put down the bag of chips, eat a salad. But they're already like beyond the point of doing that, and they're kind of like they can't get out of their own way. And like you were talking about earlier with boundaries, they haven't. Well, no, they haven't <laughs> set a boundary. No boundaries here. No, so they haven't set a boundary, so they struggle, and you kind of, you know. You just feel sorry for them because yeah. they can't get out of their like own bad habits. Like their own bad habits are just on the flip them down. side of you setting people setting goals. Did you see the per- lady who wants to weigh a thousand pounds? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she oh. has. She aspires so, to it. It's crazy. She has a, uh, a feeder and her, and her, a ho- feeder, yeah. her, hus- her husband <laughs> yeah. is on board. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She has a feeder. Is like a Hopefully someone who has a wife fetish. is not aboard with her. Jeez, said break. She's gonna weigh a thousand pounds. Jeez, I can explain it further. I don't know why. Like that just seems. Fool this man! <laughs> I accept. <laughs> All right. Well, Kitchen Nightmares. You guys ever watch that? Gordon Ramsay. He's yes. the best. Oh, Dude. Yes. I watched. He that. makes good food. He does. I watched that show. I sure cry. If he was yelling at you. Oh my gosh! Yeah. He's he mean. scares me. He's mean, but like he knows what he's doing. You think it's the accent that makes it scarier? Possibly. Have you ever watched the 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 Master Chef Junior, where it's the little kids, where, he, no. he, where he's a completely different person, super nice and, he's and helpful, super super comforting, even when they screw up. No, well that's okay, Johnny. Well, What's that like, over not, easy? Well, not like that, but like they get upset and he comes over and he tries to encourage them to. Well, that's nice. Kids need going. encouragement. They do. True story. Kitchens who disregard health and safety rules don't deserve that same kind of caring. That hotel nightmares, kitchen nightmares, all those. It's Hotel Creepy. Hell, man. Hotel Hell, that's the one, yeah. Jeez, you ever see like the uh, the black lights in the hotel rooms? I bring a sleeping bag every hotel oh, I go to now so and sleep in the sleeping bag. I won't touch the sheets. Yeah. That and bed bugs. Have you ever seen Josh's room with a black light? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Does it look like a Jackson Pollock painting? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's an artsy joke. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. not true. No. <laughs> His room's clean. Uh, actually, no, it's not that clean. Josh. What? It's clean. It's clean. Nailed it. Yeah, good job. All right. Trying to think what other shows are really. What do you got? Yeah. One. Let's I see some know, garbage like, shows, I... Josh. Guilty no, pleasures. Guilty pleasure guilty shows. Come pleasure on, Josh. Shows? Like, I used to be really into. Uh, you ever see Heart of Dixie on CW? <laughs> I was like, yes. don't. Yeah. I was, because I was obsessed with uh, that girl that was in that. What's her name? She was in Jumper. Oh yes, I know. Dating, I know. very underrated movie, I, Jumper. It's, it's, it's pretty I, good. I like it. I know who you're talking about, but I don't but like, I was obsessed with that show because she was in it, and she wasn't really in anything else except OC, and I didn't want to watch that. So, was I, like I used to watch. Her name is Rachel. Rachel something. McAdams. No, no, but she's that's amazing. That's your swing. That's my swing. Oh, all right, Rachel McAdams. I'm gonna IMDb this real quick. I used to watch the OC just strictly for Misha Barton. Do you guys ever watch Entourage? Yes. Yeah, I actually met one. that guy. Which one? Turtle? No, Turtle's cool. No, who's the main guy? Curly hair. Vincent Chase, man. Duh. The Vincent Chase. Yeah, I met him. The guy who's legitimately done nothing since that. Yeah, no, right? he, no, he's doing nothing except hanging out in West Hollywood before I met him. 
No way. Yeah, we were going to London. Did you recognize him or just like Rachel Bilson? First person I recognized when I walked into these into this, which I didn't know this existed, but a vegan Mexican restaurant. Yeah, tempeh everything. Vegan vegan Mexican. Yes. Didn't know they existed. Tempeh everything. Didn't know that's what it was when we went in there. Nice. But yeah, he was the first person I sat I saw when we walked in. I was like, I know you, but I didn't I didn't fanboy or anything. I didn't do the. Did you, I, is I, that I, what you said? I know you, and then walked you. away. No, or, yeah, yeah, I walk up, pointed, and I was like, I know you, and then I walked to my table. It's like the complete um, opposite of what I did with Yager. What did oh, you do? Were, were you just fanboy and stare? Oh yeah, I was open? staring at him. I was on uh, you, you, NHL, you network. NHL network. I was on NHL his, network and NBC mouth Sports. Open. Yeah, just like oh, it's a regular mouth breather. Yeah, Yager's a hockey player. And like I covered press at the NHL All Star Game, humble brag, big deal over here. But um, I like I was I was holding a camera, and then like I turned around, and uh, Yaromir Yager was standing right there. So I got all these pictures the next day of people going, "Who's this guy?" And it's me on like <laughs> NHL Network and NBC Sports going. <laughs> Did anyone Photoshop anything no, inappropriate? Nobody, nobody ever did. No one ever oh. memed me. It's, it's, it doesn't need help. Oh, you could have been an overnight meme sensation. Yeah, could have. You could have been like Selfie Kid could at the have, Super Bowl halftime show. He sucked. Dude, that kid. He needed some help. He was in the right place. The right. I time. don't know. I'd be shocked if JT was next to me dancing. Like, good for him. Yeah. It's awesome. No, he was shocked at first, but he couldn't figure out how his phone worked. He's like, Mom, it's like I... the face ID's broken. He's I don't like, know what like, to do. It, it's not posting. I met trolls. All of them. Oh, no. <laughs> I met all of what? Which boy band was he in? In Sync, Backstreet Boys, or Ninety Eight Degrees? Really? In Sync, man. Sorry. Jeez, get your boy bands right. BSB for life. Clearly didn't read Tiger (laughs) Beat or anything. Jeez. Nope, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely did not. I don't know. There's so many good shows out there. I think TV in general has kind of eclipsed movies. I like TV way more than I like going to well, see movies. With TV shows, you get a more like complete experience. I don't watch a lot of TV anymore because every time I get hooked into something, they cancel it. <laughs> so Firefly? I, Firefly. Well, yeah. It was like Constantine was a show like I was really into for a bit. I never saw that. Like, canceled it. But, so I don't even bother. Like a Netflix show, I know that it has like a clear beginning and a Supernatural. clear ending. Supernatural. Jeez. They, they were like five seasons. We're going to go five seasons. Now they're on season 16. Why yeah. am I going to keep watching that? But uh, Netflix shows... You just complain about the canceling your shows. You don't have to worry about that. They'll never cancel it. I like like things that have like a a starting point and a stopping point. Like King of the Hill. Like King of the Hill. Actually, Netflix does that too. Like with... uh, I was really into... uh, was a... Marco Polo. Yeah. And they canceled it on the third season just because it's too expensive. Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful is a good one. Hmm. Black Mirror. Black. It's another great show. It's a real thinker. But it's not really a show. It's like several small like movies. Yeah, it's like um. Do you ever watch Electric? Like a mo- you see Electric Dreams on Amazon? No, I don't have Amazon Prime. Otherwise, no. I'd be watching the Grand Tour right now. Not be at this this stupid podcast. Jeez. Ooh. All right. Look at the time. Look at the time, guys. All right, you guys. That's my bedtime. You guys ready to uh, wrap this thing up? Any closing thoughts here? Watch more TV. Or. Yeah, watch more TV. Watch more TV. Eat more McDonald's French fries. Uh, be happy. Keep your hair. Find your something hair. that find something that entertains you. Yeah, there you go. There's plenty of just funny plenty to choose from. That's right. All right. As always, you can find this podcast on podcast.com, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbean, iTunes. Your memories really oh Apple Podcast going out tonight, man. 
I think that's good. You can also find us on uh, social media, Josh. Close enough. You can find us on social media at Topicocalypse. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email. Facebook. You can email us at Topicocalypse at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash Topicocalypse. We have a really funny episode coming up, one we did a few months back where we play the match game. Uh, oh, are we putting that up? We're gonna put that up. We're gonna put the match game up with. Um, you should definitely watch that one. Interesting. Uh, interesting. It has a sort of a. I almost got me in a lot of trouble. I don't know phallic connotation. <laughs> with who? Yeah, that did almost get. <laughs> no, it was, it was, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did yeah. almost get him in a lot yes, of trouble. I was editing and I accidentally left it. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Attached to one of the podcasts. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Good times. Hey, Josh Peterson here. This episode of Topic Topicocalypse is brought to you by Humanican Media. Are you getting married? Or are you one of those people who are on the fence about marriage because garbage truck publications like Huffington Post are telling you that statistics show that all marriages end in divorce? Well, I've got some news for you. Love is real and marriage is awesome. I hope to be married one day. Who knows? I might stop watching my crush from the bushes and actually talk to her. And when we get married, do you know what I want? A kick-ass cinematic wedding video, like the ones made by Humanican Media. They shoot in 4K with multiple cameras, so they won't miss a single moment of your special day. And do you know why you should hire them over the hipster videographers who sit in coffee shops and praise Rian Johnson? Because they're skilled and affordable. Check them out at humanicanmedia.com or send them an email at humanicanmedia at gmail.com for a free quote. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast, and on this show, we have heavy metal, comic books, video games... Movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. 